The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I'm loving it. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really do appreciate the time and the space to share, not only about my book, but my students' stories as well. So much of their stories we see as splashy headline covers, (laughs) and we forget that they're people. And so it's really important to slow down and find a story that shows us the people. Exactly. Put a face to the story. Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone and way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you, mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have. Emily Francis is a high school English as a second language teacher in Concord, North Carolina. Her experience as an immigrant from Guatemala and an English language learner inspired her to become an ESL teacher and equipped her with a deep understanding of the challenges her immigrant students must overcome to find success. She is Cabarrus County's Board of Education Teacher of the Year in 2016. She's the mom of two great kids, a motivational speaker, and a new author of the book, If You Only Knew, Letters from an Immigrant Teacher. I'm so grateful I had the opportunity to talk to Emily. There are some car noises you might hear in the backdrop or some audio glitches every once in a while because Emily has a very full life and she was coming back from tutoring with her daughter, um, helping students in her community. And this was the moment I had to talk to her and I didn't want to miss my shot. So I'm excited for you to meet Emily. I am so excited to talk with you, Emily. Your book had me in tears. You read it. Yay. Thank you so much for making time for that book. Absolutely. Um, so Emily, I read your introduction to everybody, but can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. So I'm Emily Francis. I'm a high school ESL teacher. This is my fifth year working at the high school level, uh, 19th year here in Cabarrus County, which is in North Carolina. Um, I lived in the Carolinas for 21 years. Um, I have two children, a 21-year-old and a eight-year-old. And um, I know I don't see myself doing anything besides what I do, besides teaching. <laughs> I I love that that's where you ended up. Um, <laughs> because it wasn't an easy journey for you to get there as an ESL teacher. Um And so let's talk about that. How did you grow up? Because I know I've gotten the chance to read your amazing book, If You Only Knew, Letters from an Immigrant Teacher. But I think you're probably new to everyone listening. Yeah. So, I mean, wanting to be a teacher, it's always that, oh, I 
always wanted to, to, to be a teacher. I really didn't know what it was to have like your own classroom and do little strategies for kids or teaching them how to read or anything like that. It's just, I have always taken care of my siblings. So it's kind of like it was embedded in me to care for others. So teaching seemed like one of those careers that I always wanted to do. And besides, you know, back when I was nine years old selling oranges at the market, I saw a teacher with her entire class. Just the way she was dressed and just the way she presented herself just put that little seed in me that I wanted to be that, you know? And so That's I, so cool. I wanted to. It's always that I wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. It's just... You know, once I started school, so many barriers, socioeconomics, the culture shock here in the U.S. and the language barriers <laughs> all try to kind of put a stop to becoming who I always wanted to become. But the obstacles were, you know, were there and I was able to overcome them. It wasn't easy, like you said. It, it took several tries. <laughs> it was not easy because you grew up in Guatemala, that's where I was born and lived there for 15 years. Yeah. And then how did you, can you tell us a little bit how you got here? Because um, that's not a cl- place close by. Like my mom moved here from Canada. So oh, I'm okay. a daughter of an immigrant too. And it's taken me a while to accept that label because she just crossed a bridge. <laughs> yeah, just one bridge, right? Yeah. Over. Now, for us, really, when you, when you're like in our home countries, you think the United States is really, you're thinking a different haven. You know, you're thinking out of this world because you do know that it's really far away. You look at Guatemala as such a tiny little country and you never think that you are going to ever going to be in the United States. You know, you grow up hearing about people who cross over, who leave home countries to go to the U.S. And and and, and so that that's embedded in you um, and when you grow up, at least in my in my childhood, you hear about the United States, the United States. And it's always so something that you you wanted you you long to be part of uh, but you know I never thought it was going to happen really the plan was for my mother to be here in the United States for a couple of years work uh, make some money and then go back to Guatemala where she had left me and my four siblings and for two years she she worked I mean cleaning houses anything she could do as an immigrant undocumented you know, cleaning houses, taking care of kids and just every penny that she worked, she saved it. But and then instead of going back to selling our oranges and going back to living the life that we lived, just that someone just put a little bug in her ear. Why don't you bring your kids here? And of course, it just seemed impossible. It was <laughs> impossible for someone without documentation, without the socioeconomic history behind it to be able to just go and say, hey, can I have a visa to go to the U.S.? I, mean, I just didn't have that. Oh, yeah. There's so, so many hoops mother, to jump through. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and, and just the thought of a single mother bringing five children here, it's just unheard of, <laughs> you know? And But really, the only way that she could have done it is like she did. She paid a smuggler 
um, you know, what we call a coyote. We know that you exchange, you know, some amount of money for them to cross you across borders. Yeah. So for us, was going through Guatemala, through Mexico, and then making it here to the U.S. It was a journey. <laughs> Reading this book had me cry multiple times. Like, I, oh. I didn't... I haven't, I've seen the news stories, right, of these experiences, Emily, oh, but I haven't yeah. had an intimate experience of reading someone's journey. And that. so I've, yeah. um, I've even shared this book title with like the ESL teacher that lives across the street with me in my high schoolers guidance counselor. I was like, you really need to read this book yes, with your staff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. I think that's my hope. Uh, there's two, two things I hope out of this book. One, like you just mentioned, I want to get this book and school counselors, social workers. I need guidance counselors to recommend it to students who are facing this uh, roadblocks you mm-hmm. know, in our school systems. But at the same time, I also want students to get a hold of this book and read that they're not alone facing these battles. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard enough to face a new culture, a new language. And then on top of that, you're sitting in a classroom where you may make fun of, you're trying, that you're wanting to make those, uh, you know, get engaged in, in the conversation yeah. that you can because of the language. So, so many things that can prevent you from success. And so, I really hope this book gets it in hands of many, many children. And just missing the connections yes. left behind, right? So yeah, we're a military yeah, yeah. family, and I, I can empathize with that part when reading one of the chapters about the girl who used Instagram too much, according to her sister, yes, right? Because we've moved yes, 10 yes. times. My high schooler mm-hmm. has moved seven times, and she's 16. Oh and so okay. I understand that longing of of missing where you belonged. Exactly. And and you work at a high school and I can only imagine (laughs) that age of kid is so much more important to just fit in. You just want to know you matter. Right, right. And I I do, I do see social media as the way of, it's the new, I mean, it's the new tool that, that we're using nowadays. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, media, to communicate. I really wish I've had it back then. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine picking up, you know, FaceTime and talking to mom and see her face, something I was never able to do. And so that made me want to write to her. So I lean on writing letters to her. But and then if our students have social media, what's up? That's, some, that's the app that they use to yeah. communicate with parents. And I love how they're sharing screenshots of, you know, I'm talking to Abuela, you know, I'm talking to my grandparents and my uncles. And I love seeing that because that builds their character. It builds their strength to continue doing what they're doing here in the U.S. while their families are, are back home. Absolutely. So as a mom, right, that's part of what prompted you to become a teacher as part of your journey. Yes. What, what, what made you change? What, what prompted you into deciding that you needed something more and to tell the story because it was hidden inside of you for so long? Right, right, right. So it was, you know, as a a teenager, high school dropout, you know, fell into this deep depression. And that's when I 
uh, found out I was expecting. And here am I becoming a mother. Not only that made me feel that I was continuing the same cycle that my mother had encountered. And here am I facing the same thing. But and then bringing that child to this world, bringing in the same cycles, I wanted to break that. I wanted to make change, not just for me, but for my children. And so that's where I started going. I mean, I need to get from behind this grocery scanning and just do something that I always wanted to do. And really, my idea is I never thought I was going to start teaching from the get go is like I applied to to work as a custodian. I was like, I can clean if I can just get into the building to clean. I'm going to start giving my child a different life, a different perspective. Uh, on the possibilities and then but I started working as a teacher assistant and that's what gave me the confidence that I could do more than grabbing that mop and cleaning the school but really taking a pen and teaching children instead absolutely when you became a teacher assistant did other people pour into you and notice that you had this skill set for more yeah oh my goodness and of course they knew that I had you know i I spoke two languages and the need to help bilingual parents began to be more obvious. Hey, there's a family that needs translation. Can we have you come over and help? Can you help this family here? And I started having family meetings every month because the need began to be more obvious because I was in the building. So that was just great to see that I brought in some sort of an awareness that language and culture needed to be recognized in that school where I was working. And so they gave me opportunities to, hey, here's a book. Can you read it? It has Spanish words. Can you read this book? (laughs) The opportunities to be in front of students became more um, open for me. And of course, the trust that those licensed teachers were giving me just made me, again, building that confidence that I can do what I wanted to do in life. Because there's such a language barrier. So when you moved here, did you know any English, Emily? <laughs> no, no, no. I knew the word okay. Of course, I think everybody knows the word okay. <laughs> everybody. And I knew the phrase, oh, because talking with mom over the phone, sometimes she'll be like, oh. And so we took that from her. I was like, oh, is that English? Oh. And so really, I I attended public schools and in our country's public schools do not teach English as a foreign language unless you're in a private school. And of course, I had friends who were attending private schools and they were learning words and I can they were just blobbing in front of everyone that they, they knew those words. But when I came here, no, I had not. I hadn't even taken the initiative to learn like some of my students. They know that they're coming to the U.S. Uh-huh. and they take on YouTube videos and WhatsApp. I mean, they just they they pick it up by the time they get here. They already know how to say, hey, my name is and how are you? I didn't even know how to do that. Like yeah, the opportunity sources. to lean into yeah. the Internet, though, is so big, yeah, right? For them now. There. I didn't. No, no, no. I was 18 years old when I first had my first email. <laughs> that's that. That's, and that was that, you know, the little you got mail. Oh, thing. the I, AOL. No, <laughs> no. So I'm glad that my students have so many resources that are available today to 
to break those barriers when it comes to language or you know any any other thing that that might get in their way for them to be successful. So as a mom, right, whose kids go to a school that has ESL students, what could I do as a parent, Emily, that could help my kids be better friends to them, better classmates, right? Or me as a parent, yeah. how could I help our community more? Do you have ideas? Yes. You know, I have to do that myself. So my husband is Italian-American, blonde and green eyes. <laughs> and my daughter, my daughter is blonde, I mean, blue eyes. <laughs> you see her, you don't believe she's my daughter. But I do have to teach her and make sure that she understands her background, that she understands those around her. I engage her in volunteer work. Like right now, she was just working at a, with urban kids in our community because she needs to see other worlds besides the ones that she is living in. She has, she's privileged. I mean, she comes home, she has her own room. She has her mommy, her daddy, that they're professionals. Not everyone is like that. And we have to grow with the idea that not everyone around me has my life and my perspectives. And I need to know those around me. And so one way that we do that is through literature. Make sure that you are familiar with literature that enlightens other cultures. You know, like my book, you just went around and shared it because it highlights other experiences, other people's journeys that you have never walked you know so it's important for you to share those so i'm huge i'm a huge fan of picture books i do believe that picture books can give children those windows of knowledge of different uh world and also just talk to kids how do you you know if someone comes to you and tells you you know my mommy is crossing the border my mommy lives in mexico how do you respond to that so just train the kids how to be responsive to those conversations well, what would you tell your daughter, especially for that one about like my mommy needs to cross a border? Yeah, first of all, she knows my story and right. I would like for her to say, hey, I've heard about this. I read about this in a book. It would be great if a child can say, oh, I read a book about that. Yeah. You know, you can, can, can you talk to me? Can you talk to the class? Can you draw a picture? Help that child make sure that they are bringing things out. It's not good for children to keep things for themselves. Yeah. You know, attending high school for four years without the opportunity to ever sharing about my experience hurt me. Because it made me put away valuable assets, which was my own story. And so our children are sitting in classrooms with experiences that because we have not asked them to share, Mm -hmm. they don't think it's important. So that child can turn around and say, well, thank you for sharing that story with me. That's so important. Let's go do, let's go draw a picture for your mommy. Maybe we can send it to mommy in Mexico. Something like that, that can help that child cope with that situation. It is so important to just make the time to ask about the story, right? We're all so rushed. And, um, exactly. And and I'm so glad that you're, you've made it this far on earth, Emily, right? Like your days have been hard and and you're still here. It's still here and life doesn't stop throwing uh, lemons at you, you know? No, yeah. <laughs> because especially with as an English language learner, I think we, we, we are, we struggle our whole life, you know. If we're in the middle of people, we, 
we have to make sure that we're pronouncing things correctly, that we are really saying what is going through our mind and what language is coming out the way it should be. So the struggle is always there. And really, like you said, you look what you made it, but we always have roadblocks that we have to get through, especially places at the table where we have never been given, you know, a microphone like you are giving me right now. When you are given this microphone, when you're given this platform or a chair at the table, we need to be ready to make sure that we know what to say. And so that's something that I, not I, not that I struggle with, but it's something that I'm working with as I go through this journey of the teacher and how do I share my story is what do I say when I have the microphone and when I'm sitting at that table of opportunities to share? Yeah, it, I, and I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're starting to share because it took a really long time for you to start sharing. Um, it took a long time and, and, it, and finally it wasn't until someone reaffirmed my own existence that I realized myself how important it is. It took someone from the outside to see uh-huh. my insight and reaffirm it. And that's what our children need in schools. They need someone to tap their shoulder and say, God, I'm so glad you're here. You know, I'm so glad the experiences that you have lived have been really hard, but you, you're going to get through this. Let me help you how to cope with it. If you have to cry, cry. If you have to draw, draw. If you have to write, write anything to help our students cope with what they are living in our classrooms. If you had advice for if someone outside of the United States stumbles upon this podcast, right? Um, and they hear, and they're thinking about becoming or coming to the U.S. for better education, right? What would you tell someone who's thinking of coming here to the United States to help their well, kids? Well, the, you know, first things first. I mean, technology right now is it's so it's advanced huge. that if you're not taking advantage of it outside of the U.S. before coming here, do it. <laughs> you know, listening to podcasts and learning and writing and knowing how to communicate with different cultures. Because something that I learned here when I came to the U.S. is, you know, my distance. You don't always have to hug and kiss everyone. We do that in our cultures. You see someone and you say, hey, you quickly hug and kiss someone. Not here. No, it's a, it's a, a wave. It's really regional too, Emily. Based, I've lived in all corners really? of the United States. And that oh like the New England, you get like a curt nod because um, they're very huh, stoic people. The Southern people, you get the... You get a y'all the hug and, uh-huh, <laughs> and a bless your heart. Yes, and um, yes, yes. California it does like this conversation about what sort of vegetables you eat. And oh, um, yeah, goodness. it's just so funny. Okay. I've lived all parts yeah. of the country and, eat, yeah, yeah, and, and I think it's that's, so confusing. Yeah, it's a big it, country. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine coming from a little country where we're all the same? We all do the same thing every time. And then you come in here and then you have different regions doing different things. It's so, so confusing. I, I just, yeah. Get to know, get to know the different cultures. There are so many videos out there. Like what you just explained, there are videos, people explaining the salutation among regions, you know? Yeah. And so it's so important. Just, just the fact that technology is so advanced, just take advantage 
advantage of it, learn what it is, learn how the school system works here in the United States because it's so different than any other country that we go to. And so once you're here, it wouldn't, it, it's not going to be such a culture shock because you have done your homework on investigating what it's like to be here and just really here be yourself i mean we're, it's not a melting pot the u.s is not a melting pot it's like a salad be who yes. you are and everybody's going to stand out and it's okay for us to all stand out and be who we are and uh, and, and that's what makes this society so great i like the salad bar analogy better <laughs> too that there we all go. have our own <laughs> topping and our own flavor and <laughs> there you go there you go we are we are a country of a very strange salad but it's it's good to have everyone yeah. here yes yes we, and when you're going back to my book if you yes. notice every story is like that you get a little bit of everything as you read through the stories yes there's immigration there's school struggle but each story has its own theme and its yes. own flavor its own uh, uh, re- way to help students so if a student reads the book my hope is that at least one of the eight letters yes. can be something that he or she will identify with um so the salad identifies to the book too <laughs> it does and in your book isn't that long right like it's about the letters are like 120 pages before your your end note um your right. epilogue it, it's great like i'm probably gonna hand it to my 16 year old who is in a spanish for native speakers class even though she is not a native speaker but she tested into it Um, and i really want her to read this book and have a different view of maybe what her classmates that are native spanish speakers have lived yeah oh that would be so powerful that would be powerful and you know that will make her want to ask questions after you read something like that, you want to know if the person sitting next to you is perhaps experiencing what it's in the book. You know, you mm-hmm. never know that the person sitting in the back of your room, it doesn't understand what's happening and it's in need of someone to reach out and say, can I help you with something? Um, yeah. So it would be great. Yeah, because I'm sure my kiddos, I mean, there are some kids that I know that they know aren't native to the United States, but I don't know if they think about it when they're in the classroom experience. Right. Yes. No. And I said, it's important for teachers to read um, stories like that. So, so, so uh, they, this, this this kinds of uh, journeys uh, come out to light in the classroom, you know, like uh, not like, Hey, raise your hand who came crossing the border. (laughs) Not like that. Right. You know, but, like there's, a, I don't know if you've gotten to this part of the story, but there is a part in the book where I was reading about Abi Saeed, who yes. was traveling from Honduras to the U.S. And my my uh, my student all of a sudden began to cry in the middle of in the middle of the class. She was crying, <laughs> and it's because she experienced that, and 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 it triggered her own life. You yep. know? her own experiences. It's really powerful when you know yes. someone else has a similar story. Right. And it's it's hard to sit with all those feelings. That's right. 
Well, I am so thankful that you wrote this book, Emily. Emily Francis is a high school English as a second language teacher in Concord, North Carolina. Her experience as an immigrant from Guatemala and an English language learner inspired her to become an ESL teacher and equipped her with a deep understanding of the challenges her immigrant students must overcome to find success. She is Cabarrus County's Board of Education Teacher of the Year in 2016. She's the mom of two great kids, a motivational speaker, and a new author of the book, If You Only Knew, Letters from an Immigrant Teacher. School would mm-hmm. be appropriate for them to pick up this book and read on their own. Uh, but at the elementary high level, I will say it would have to be coach. It would have to be with someone to read it with them. But at the middle school, high school level, just hand it over, have them read it. Yep. And I think that would be so powerful because um, oh. we know that literature helps us try on different shoes, right? Like that's the goal of a high school literature teacher, I think, is to get them to try on um, a different lived experience. And this book definitely does that. Oh, thank you so much. It's amazing. Thank you. So I have a question for you, Emily. While you're doing all of this and and teaching and volunteering in your community, how are you having fun as a family? Because part of my mission with this podcast is to remind moms that they're exactly the right moms for their kids and that motherhood is too serious to be serious all the time. So every episode, I end with two questions. One is how you're having fun as a family. So what does family fun look like for you guys right now? Soccer games. Yes. <laughs> Soccer games. My daughter is into, that's the sport that she's into. And, you know, just she loves the outdoors and she's so energetic. And of course, soccer is a sport that is perfect for her because it's outdoor and she loves running and kicking that ball. So daddy and I, you know, cheering there, like especially this Saturday when she score for the first time. So that's a big cheering. deal. So we love that. We, we love that. And we know how much she enjoys nature. So her dad and I were always taking her to different state parks. So she has you know, she she takes nets and she tries to fish net. That's really that's what we we like to do. Just we find things that she likes to do, and then we go with that. And that's our kind of fun. You know, as parents, we yeah. enjoy what they enjoy. Yeah, it's fun and to watch so, them light up, right? Of of course. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and he makes us happy mm-hmm. when they are happy. Absolutely. And now with my son, of course, he's 21 years old and it's not, he's not going to be the type that you, I take him out anymore. <laughs> he's, he's already an adult. But when I go visit him over there, uh, to Texas, cause we do visit him. He yeah. lives in Texas. Then we are always asking him, what would you like to do? Where would you like to go eat? <laughs> oh, he enjoys sushi. And then again, as a parent, you're looking for what makes them happy. Yep. And that makes us happy, of course, as parents. I love that intention that you give them. Thank you so much. Well, how are you taking care of yourself? What is something that you do to pour (laughs) into yourself, Emily? That is the the last question. Something that maybe another mom could copy. Something simple. (laughs) 
my mama will say, you need to get some sleep. No, I, I'll, I'll sleep when these kids are gone and married and have their own lives. Right now I need to, I, I do enjoy reading. I'm, I'm a huge reader. I'm a huge fan of just recently, you know, released books. And I'm, I go and I, it's such a joy for me to go to the bookstore and buy that, that book that was released today. You know, take a picture of it. Yeah. That's my go to fun. So I, you know, I'll sit down over the weekends and grab that favorite book and just put my feet up and enjoy. That's my self-care. And my husband knows that I'm either connected with a, a audiobook or flipping the pages on a book. And, and that's it. That's, that's my kind of fun right now. That's fantastic. That's so I have an odd question for you. So I, I feel like I should ask when you're reading, Emily, are you reading in English or Spanish? What do you read with nowadays? My dominant language is English. Okay. So I do read a lot in English. Of course, I read a lot of, a lot of books written by Latinx authors. I yeah. feel like I, I didn't, you know, I'm 44 years old and I, ha- I don't know enough of my background yeah. that I need to dig in more. So I do read a lot of the books that I have in my Goodreads account. It's all Latinx. So of course awesome. it's embedded, you know, Spanish and English in there. And I do once in a while do get a copy in, in Espanol just so I can share with my students too. But most of the time you'll see me with an English version book. <laughs> it's just something I had to ask. I was so curious. Like, yes, yes. It, 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 beca- it becomes like my home. You know, I, I'm, my home language, my native language is Spanish, but it makes it hard for me to speak with my daughter, even yeah. though she's learning Spanish at home at the school. Right. For me, the home language dominant language is English. And so it makes it hard for me to, to talk to her. <laughs> but we're practicing. We get in there. We get in there. Yeah, it's a journey. Yes, it is. It's it a is. journey. Well, I it am. Is. So what was one of the last books that you read? Is there one that you would recommend? Especially like a Latinx book? Well, they, uh, let's see. Because it's October, mm-hmm. I, this, it's, not, it's not a scary book, but I heard about uh, the the person who writes it, of course, Silvia Garcia. Okay. She, she, she wrote The Hacienda, and The Hacienda was kind of like a... It was a little scary book, you know, okay. what was happening in that hacienda. So I was like, let me just read the next one up to see if that's as scary as that one. So The Daughter of the Dr. Maru, it's the book I'm reading. And I started it this weekend and I'm into it. It's really good. So, you know, it has a combination of Mexican culture of the 1800s and some sci-fi in there. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's, it's all mixed up. So authors today do such a great way of mixing the today and what happened late, you know, years ago in our home country. So I'm looking forward to finishing that one. Uh, but listen, if you, if readers enjoy my yeah. book, uh, We Are Not From Here uh, by Jenny Sanchez. Okay. Is another, it's another great book. Uh, of course, it's fiction for those who like mm-hmm. fiction. The journey of three Guatemalans who come through El Salvador, Mexico and U.S. and they come riding La Bestia. And La Bestia is this huge train that a lot of undocumented will take to cross over the border. And such a hard pull strings. This book is just going to pull your strings. And it's in Spanish and in English available too. 
Fantastic. I'm going to add it on my list and I'm going to go <laughs> dig out the book, um, Rising Esperanza. I think that's the name oh, of that, that book too. Yeah, that I've that read with my daughters and I need to reread yes. with my son. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Well, thank you. Where can people best find you, Emily? How can they connect oh with goodness. you? Yeah, well, I have professional pot, uh, platforms. I'm huge with Twitter. So it's Emily Fran ESL is my handle for Twitter. And of course, I'm on Instagram, Mrs. Francis ESL, the same as Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn, Emily Francis. Uh, I mean, you can find me. That's, that's probably all we need. <laughs> and I'll link all of those into the show notes. So it's Thank nice so and much. easy for everyone. Yes. I do blog a lot of my work. So anything I do in the classroom is in my blog, inspiring English language learners that awesome. com. And if teachers out there are looking for ideas on how to work with newcomers, which is the population I work with, mm -hmm. then you're welcome to go in there and get the, get some lessons that I have already described in there. Well, thank you so much. I am, um, you're exactly the right mom for your kids and you're exactly the right teacher for the job that you're thank doing. You. I'm so oh, glad you're here, you so. Emily. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really do appreciate the time and the space to share, not only about my book, but my students' stories as well. Yeah, I mean, so much of their stories we see as splashy headline covers, and oh. we forget that they're people. And yes, so it's really okay. important to slow down and find yes. a story that shows us the people. Exactly. Put a face to the story. You're right. You're right. Every day we meet people and we don't actually know the burdens or the stories or the password-protected chapters that they've lived before we've met them. So please, let's teach each other to see the human and to treat with kindness and compassion. Because I'm so glad you're here on Earth, and I'm so glad that we get to meet each other. Thank you for listening. I hope you share this podcast with three friends. And as always, let's continue the conversation on Instagram. And go meet Emily and tell her that you found her here at Keep Calm and Mother On. P.S. You are exactly the right mom for your kids.